furry fluff pieces and here. This is a weekly furry podcast that finally tells it like it is. There's no holding back on this week's episode of Unleashed. And now here's your host, Lifty Husky. Greetings, folks. Welcome to Unleashed. And tonight I just want to start off by bringing forth two different audio clips of uh, two different NBA players. The first one is power forward for the Orlando Magic, Jonathan Isaac. He was asked by a reporter what of the vaccine is making him hesitant to take it. And he responds with this. Take a listen. Jonathan, Josh Robbins with The Athletic. Uh what is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I, I would start with um, I've, I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it, but with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being Unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. Now I want to switch to Washington Wizards shooting guard Brad Beal. Take a listen. Every player, every person in this world is going to make their own decision for themselves. Um, I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines. Why are they still getting COVID? If that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from. Like, it's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID. Right? So everybody, is everybody in here vaxxed? I would assume, right? So you all can still get COVID, right? I'm less likely to die or go to the hospital. Okay, but you can still get COVID. Right. So, and you can still pass it along with the vax, right? So, so I'm not asking, I'm just asking so, the question. Oh, for sure. And so, like, having COVID back around the Olympics, like, that just made it kind of like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did having it change your opinion one way or another? Like, did it kind of reemphasize? I don't need the vaccine. No, 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 no. 
no, no, that didn't, that wasn't the case. I mean, yeah, I had it, but that doesn't mean I can't get it again. You know, I mean, it's no different than somebody with a vaccine. Like I can, yes, I developed antibodies for it. So my chances will be less likely now as well. Right. But it's still a possibility. I may get it just like there are players and coaches and staff who are vax and missing camp right now because of it. So. So why do I bring up these two clips of these two basketball players? And what does it have to do with the furry fandom? Well, I can tell you right now that these two basketball players are not a bunch of uneducated hicks that don't know what they're saying and they're getting all their information from a conspiracy theory website on the internet that's pro-Trump or whatever. No, these people are actually highly educated. They're very wealthy. They have the best doctors that anybody can afford taking their vitals and making sure that they're healthy all the time. So Jonathan Isaac, he made a very good point in that clip that unvaccinated does not mean infected and vaccinated does not mean uninfected. And I want you to stick that in your head for a moment. Brad Beal, he made a very good point regarding that why are people who are vaccinated still getting COVID? Isn't that supposed to protect us from getting COVID? And he's making a great point too. And I bring these points up because furthermore, which is my hometown convention, the one that I've been going to for the most part since 2016, it's the one that I mentioned in the first episode. They have released their own COVID-19 protocols on Tuesday. And I, of course, was not surprised. I was disappointed, but I was not surprised. I actually got a sneak peek of these protocols the day before and decided to write the chair of, furthermore, uh, Kit Drago an email. And I wanted to bring up a lot of these cases that were coming up about natural immunity. Uh, and I wanted to bring up Dr. Wozlenski talking about how the vaccine does not prevent infection or transmission and I wanted to send it all in a neat little envelope send it electronically to Kit Drago so that they may read it and um, I still haven't gotten a response from that I still haven't gotten a response from it and this is very very disheartening and disappointing and heartbreaking for many reasons and I'm going to go over those reasons today because uh, this was my hometown convention, and it was the one that I've mentioned was the one that renewed my faith in furry. And now I'm seeing that faith just be crumbled apart by the very convention that raised it up in the first place. And I don't know if Kit Drago will ever listen to this podcast. I, I doubt it. Because this is how little they think of my opinions. They think nothing of them. It wouldn't even surprise me if Kidrago just took my email, saw that it was from me, and just chucked it into the spam filter. It doesn't matter to them. It really doesn't. And that's like the heartbreaking part of it. I've spent two hours of my life trying to piece together that email for them, and they don't even give it the time of day. That's, that's yeah, real classy right there, Kidrago. Very classy. But I was really hoping that there would be a public discussion on how to move forward, even if it would be fruitless, even if it would achieve nothing different. I would at least hope that there would be a chance that I could get my voice heard and be able to tell them about what has been advancing in science regarding the vaccine, regarding natural immunity, 
and be able to at least come to a compromise to bring the negative test option to furthermore. Because furthermore, 2022 is 100% vaccinated. Nobody is coming in with a negative test. You have to wear a mask. While you're wearing a fursuit, you have to wear a mask. And let me tell you, when I did it as Stratosphere, that shit got very hot, very tiring, very quickly. I was definitely getting long-winded. And I was having to run to the nearest water fountain constantly. Because my mouth was getting dry as a bone. Because I was wearing that mask underneath. It was ridiculous. I know that there's going to be furries that just go to this anyway, and they, they're going to be simping for the vaccine anyway. They're going to just leap for joy and say, oh, thank you for thinking about our health and whatever, blah, blah, blah. The problem is that this is ignoring a lot of science, and it's also for the health of nobody. If you could still get the coronavirus, transmit the coronavirus, even while vaccinated, transmit it to somebody who is also vaccinated, what are you accomplishing with all this? What does this all accomplish? We're going to talk about all of this in this next couple of segments throughout this podcast. And then I want to bring up a very entirely different concept to you. And I want you to study it. It's called the red pill. And we're going to talk about the red pill in the third segment of this podcast. So don't go away. This is going to be a really great episode. Stick around, stay tuned for these messages, and we'll be back with more Unleashed. Unleashed. I just was devastated. You get tied to them more than you realize. Each year, the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando takes care of thousands of pets looking for a new home. However, a devastating fire recently ripped through their shelter, leaving many dogs and cats without a home once again. This scene right here is just your living nightmare. Now they need your help more than ever. With your online donation, you can help ensure that the dogs and cats that survive the blaze get the care and shelter they need to be healthy and happy pets for loving families. Just go to PetAllianceOrlando.org today and click Donate. Every dollar counts and all donations are tax deductible. There's also other ways you can donate, such as donating supplies or even volunteer, all on their website. I'm just happy for uh, who survived and who made it. Head to PetAllianceOrlando.org to find out how you can help today. With your donation, a four-legged friend can become the best friend for someone near you. Unleashed. Welcome back to Unleashed. So in the last segment, I just wanted to bring up uh, Jonathan Isaac and Brad Beal and what they have to say about coronavirus and the vaccine. And uh, I want to tie it back to what was going on with Furthermore, because Furthermore recently released their guidelines for coronavirus this week and for reopening. And um, let me just open it for you and read a little bit, because I think it's a little unfair that we're talking about uh, Furthermore and we have no idea what they just said. So I have it up on my screen here and I have it up from my telegram where I got the message. I'm not gonna read the whole thing because it's long, laborious, and basically I don't really wanna give it out to just give Kid Drago something to just point and say, look at my farts, look at how they smell. So I'm just going to just read the policies that they went through. Uh, the term persons attending includes, but is not limited to, attendees, panelists, performers, vendors, artists, volunteers, staff, and guests. 
We will be requesting hotel employees also comply with our requirements. Good luck. All persons attending furthermore will be required to be fully vaccinated in accordance with the CDC guidelines for their age group. We will not be accepting COVID testing as an alternative to vaccination. We will release our guidelines for proof of vaccination as soon as possible. At the very least, persons should plan to present their vaccination card or doctor's vaccination record in order to pick up their badge. All persons attending furthermore will be required to wear a properly fitting mask over both nose and chin at all times within the convention spaces, including hallways, lobbies, and the zoo. A fursuit head does not constitute a mask, and therefore a mask must be worn snugly on the face inside the fursuit. The only exception to mask wearing will be when actively eating or drinking in designated areas. At the event's discretion and judgment, anyone found to be consistently breaking our mask rule will be provided with a reminder to remain masked at all times. At the event's discretion and judgment, anyone found to be consistently breaking our mask rule will be provided with a reminder to remain masked at all times. When this reminder is presented, the person's attendance badge will receive a hole punch in it. If the attendee has to be reminded again, the event reserves the right to repossess the badge and ask the person to leave the event. So I want to go back to the proof of vaccination because I already, there are people already simping for this in Twitter. Again, let's go back to Jonathan Isaac and Brad Beal, two very important people who've gotten COVID and also recovered from COVID and likely received some guidance from their own doctor about what the COVID vaccine will do. And they made up their mind that says, nah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get it right now. And everybody's just stomping on them because they think that they are making a choice to kill people because of that. No, no. Again, I've mentioned this before on this podcast. The vaccine does not prevent infection, does not prevent transmission. So if they're fully vaccinated, you could still go to furthermore with the virus, pick up your badge and frolic around with other furries and spread around the virus without you knowing. And then that's how you get other people who are also fully vaccinated sick with the virus as well. And I know that people have been talking to me about this and said, but Lifty, do you realize that all of these events that have been happening, they haven't reported any cases of coronavirus since they opened with fully vaccinated people? And I'm like, wait a minute. So first of all, I want to shoot down this very clearly because I know that people love to use this as their crutch for defending this. But wait a minute. First of all, there is no control group for a study on this. So you can never prove that fully vaccinated events are more safe than any events that don't require vaccination. You cannot prove this. Second of all, this is what we call a counterfactual. A counterfactual is basically, it is framed as an if-then-x-y argument, but it's not. The reason why is because x and y are independent of each other, and what x does does not influence what happens to y in reality. So you can't say, well, if we didn't have these measures, coronavirus outbreaks would happen. No, coronavirus outbreaks might happen regardless. Look at Stratosphere. You're telling me that Stratosphere had a coronavirus outbreak all because one person got infected and that person was fully vaccinated, mind you. The problem is that would you have said that, oh yes, if we just had fully vaccinated people go to Stratosphere, would there be anybody getting sick? The answer is, we don't know. 
We don't know. It's two completely different outcomes that we can't predict the future of. And speaking of that, I've mentioned on my Twitter account, at Lift the Unleashed, that there are people who do not want this pandemic to end. And I've kind of slyly wrote that in the tweet when I was talking about FWA, but you have to realize these are events for 2022. So they're not like events that are happening just around the corner. And I'm looking at you, FWA, because I was talking to you earlier. But there are events in 2022 that are already planning to check for vaccination status. I don't know why. I guess we need to believe these conventions when they have the crystal ball that can see into the future and find that there will be more death if we don't have vaccine mandates at every event and every place and every restaurant. So when does it end? What is the end point for all of these asinine rules? You're never going to get that from all these people because they don't have an endpoint for any of this. They want it to go on indefinitely. They want it to be a part of normal life. And this is why I'm making these episodes because I don't want it to be a part of the new normal. Fuck the new normal. The fact given that the vaccine does not prevent transmission, does not prevent infection, should be one reason to disqualify this. Second of all, you cannot tell me that if I am given between two options, who has the virus, one of them being unvaccinated, but they have a negative test, and the other being vaccinated with no test, you cannot tell me that I have to trust the person who's vaccinated to not have the virus. If I'm choosing between those two, I'm going to look at that person and say, can you provide me a negative test, please? Otherwise, you're the dude with the virus. I'm sorry. Again, I want to repeat for everyone in the back, the vaccine does not prevent transmission. The vaccine does not prevent infection. You get that? Go back to the first part of this episode and repeat what Jonathan Isaac and Brad Beal were saying. Because it is genuinely concerning that this convention is not looking for the virus when it comes to who is coming in. They just want to arbitrarily check for a vaccine that doesn't stop infection, doesn't stop transmission. Why then are you checking for the vaccine? Why then does a negative test not count? Why are you so concerned about everybody having a vaccine that doesn't stop infection, doesn't stop transmission? Furthermore, have you been looking at the studies, the actual real science, behind natural immunity. No, we're completely ignoring natural immunity in this. We're completely ignoring the people who suffered the most from this virus. Are the people who got the virus in the first place? I know friends who got the virus and they're looking at their antibodies saying, well, why do I need this vaccine? Why do I need to open myself up to the possibility of a debilitating side effect? Just because I have the natural antibodies that don't even go away. They plateau, and then when you get an infection again, they spike back up into action, and you get better. The Tel Aviv study that I sent to Kitrego, the largest of its kind in the world, showed that vaccinated people are 27 times more likely than unvaccinated people with natural immunity to get the virus. And, I'm, and you're looking at this wondering, Huh, that's strange. 27 times more likely. 
the Cleveland Clinic did a study on 77,000 healthcare workers and found that among those who are unvaccinated with natural immunity, none got sick again. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. Nobody. I'm reading that they're saying that they're in accordance with CDC guidelines. But at the same time, CDC has steered us wrong before, and they're still steering us wrong again. And I'm going to talk more about that in the next segment. Just so you wait. So we're going to talk about the red pill in the next segment. Just stay tuned. You'll be back after this. Unleashed. Looking for the best events in the D.C. metro area? Look no further than Metro Furs Events. Listings for the hottest furry events that are happening now in the DMV. Looking to host an event? Get the word out there with Metro Furs Events. Join us today on Telegram at t.me slash Metro Furs. Metro Furs Events. Have you ever wanted to grow your audience in new and exciting ways but found advertising difficult or expensive? Hi, Lifty here, and you can grow your audience today on this podcast, reaching thousands of listeners weekly on Anchor and Spotify. To get started, just email us at liftyunleashed at gmail.com, and you too can grow your audience with us. Unleashed. So in the last segment, I was telling you that I wanted to define the red pill for you because I it's a term that I've heard used and misused and abused a lot in our public discourse. And this came up after I talked to a friend and wanted them to define the term red pill. And they couldn't really give anything about that term. They just gave a generalization. It's, uh, it was co-opted by the manosphere, or it was co-opted by the alt-right. Uh, it's described based folks, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a fan, blah, blah, blah. This isn't a definition. This is not. I want to define it for you because when you are known about the red pill, you start to notice it. And I want to make sure that you don't look at it as some right-wing conspiracy plot. So the red pill is evidence that forces you to change your view of truth and reality. Every part of that sentence is important. It has to be evidence it has to force you to change your views of truth and reality. It has to change how you see the world. Otherwise, it's not a red pill. So in The Matrix, everybody watched The Matrix, I assume, Neo is given the choice between the blue pill and the red pill. The blue pill permanently fixes him into the reality he saw at that current moment. It doesn't change anything. It's accepting of reality exactly the way it was. And the red pill acknowledges that what you consider to be reality actually isn't. And there's a reason why people reference this in philosophy classes nowadays. It's one of the greatest philosophical metaphors of the modern era. And so many people want to shit on it because they think that it's some red-wing conspiracy. No. Red pills are apolitical. They can transcend all kinds of political beliefs. You don't have to change your political beliefs. You don't have to be a Democrat, Republican, centrist. You don't have to change your beliefs in a political party to actually believe in a red pill. 
or to actually be red-pilled. But nevertheless, people just want to project a political bias on the term red pill. And then anytime somebody talks about a red pill, they just instantly shut their brain off and say, well, I don't need to look at that. That's just right-wing propaganda, whatever. No, no, no. Red pills come in all shapes and sizes and all kinds of forms. And it's not just right-wingers that are bringing out red pills. The left can certainly be red-pilled as well. The left can bring out red pills and completely change your view of truth and reality. That's the key ticket. It has to change your perception of truth and reality. So I want to bring up this one uh, clip. Hat tip to Jimmy Dore on the Jimmy Dore Show on YouTube because he brought up this, uh, this doctor named John Campbell. He is claiming that we may be administering all of these COVID vaccines incorrectly. Take a listen. And I think it's really important. I'm going to give evidence that we should be aspirating the needle before we give the injections. Basically, I think that most people in the UK and the United States are giving the vaccine injections wrongly. Now, what you should do when you stick a needle into a muscle, because it has to be an intramuscular injection, so the needle's not that quite big on the... Um, not on the vaccine, but you stick it in, then you should hold it like that. And then what I always do is I draw back. And if you draw black, back blood, you know you're in a vessel, so you would pull it out and, and change the needle and get a different site. But that's not being done. Now, if, if that's not done, let me show you what can happen. So this is what can happen. So imagine you're giving the needle, you stick it into the muscle, and for just pure misfortune, you find you end up in a blood vessel. Then when you so when you draw so if you draw back and you're in the muscle then no blood will come out but if you're in a blood vessel then you draw back and there you go you know straight away you're in a blood vessel and you know not to inject it because you would then be giving this intravenously that would be going straight into a vein not into the muscle where it is supposed to go so in case you missed that uh, dr campbell is calling out all these health organizations, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the National Health Service in the UK, and telling them, why are you not aspirating the needle to check to make sure this is actually being administered intramuscularly? And do bear in mind that all of these vaccines are supposed to be administered intramuscularly. All of the spike proteins that are being created are supposed to be localized in that muscle that the injection is being made in, but we are hearing reports that that's not the case. So I know that I've clipped this quite a bit and uh, I'm just skipping ahead to what the study that Dr. Campbell is referencing has concluded regarding what happens if you jab somebody with these vaccines intravenously instead of intramuscularly. Take a listen. So what conclusions did they draw from this paper? This is in vivo evidence, in life evidence, that inadvertent intravenous injection of COVID-19 messenger ribonucleic acid vaccine may induce myopericarditis. There you go. I mean, it can't be any clearer. Brief, brief withdrawal of syringe plunger to exclude blood aspiration may be one possible way to reduce such risk. Direct quote from the authors. Both Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna have clearly stated that their vaccine should only be given via the intramuscular route, not the intravenous route. So why on earth are we not ensuring that the manufacturer's recommendations are obeyed? And it's done according to the manufacturer's guidelines, rather than giving the occasional intravenous injection by mistake. 
It's just completely unacceptable. Current CDC and WHO guidelines no longer recommend precautionary measures during the intramuscular vaccine administration. And I could add that the Green Book in the UK doesn't recommend it either. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is the CDC, the WHO and, and, and the Green Book, the official government bodies that control vaccination in the United Kingdom are saying, don't do your injections properly. Don't aspirate. They actually say, don't aspirate. It's unbelievable. This is just beyond my ability to comprehend, I'm afraid. So if that's not a red pill moment for you, I don't know what is. Remember when I was saying earlier that the CDC misleads us and continues to mislead us to this day? This is a perfect example of that. They do not aspirate the needle when they administer these jabs. So it's possible that you can get a jab that is actually done intravenously instead of intramuscularly. And that can cause a severe amount of complications that we are now seeing in people who are getting the jab. I wanna bring back to all of these conventions that are saying you must have the jab if you want to come to this convention. And I'm asking them, what evidence do you have to show that these events, if you just ask for the jab, will be safer than those that do not ask for the jab. And even worse, why then are you shutting the door on the people who've already had COVID and who have natural immunity and who've already suffered enough from this virus? Why are you shutting the door on them and telling them, you know, don't come in until you get the vaccine when there is evidence that the vaccine provides no benefit to this group, none. And you're telling them you want them to get jabbed in the arm, possibly hit a vein, get the vaccine, develop myocarditis, and possibly be on their deathbed in about two months. But, oh, they can go to furthermore. Uh, 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 does this make sense? Is this really following the science? Is this really looking out for anybody's health? I'm sorry. But there is evidence to show that the people who have natural immunity to this disease are the least likely to be carriers of the disease and to therefore transmit the disease. And we're ignoring all that. We want to just go with the CDC's word, which we take as gospel, only to mislead us when they tell people who are administering these shots, don't aspirate the needle. What more do you need? What more red pills do you need? I'm sorry, but if we're ever going to be going back to normal, what we need is for everybody to get red-pilled, to actually forcibly change their view of truth and reality. Because what is being presented to us is totally not what we're actually seeing with our own eyes. We're being told something, and it's a lie. It's a complete lie, and we're told to believe it. We're told to believe it at face value. We're told to not look at it any further than what we're seeing. And this is how we stay complacent in all of these vaccine mandates, all of these mass mandates. This is how the new normal begins. And it never ends. The people who have set up these vaccine requirements at these conventions, I want to ask you, what evidence do you have that your events are going to be safer? And two, at what date are you going to finally rescind all of these mandates? When? Do you understand that they're not giving you a date for that? 
because they don't want to. They truly don't want to. They want to do this indefinitely. They want to make it as permanent as they can. And until you tell them no, they will. Let me ask you this, audience, because I know you're very smart. Go back to the beginning of this episode, Jonathan Isaac and Brad Beal, and tell me, who's being red-pilled at the moment? Is it the basketball players or is it the journalists? Because if you ask me, it's not Brad Beal. It's not Jonathan Isaac who are getting red-pilled out there. They already are red-pilled. And they want you to take the red pill as well and start thinking critically about what is going on in the world around you. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Lifty Unleash. Like and subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Share it around. Grow the audience. Make sure everybody's unleashed. And I will see you next week. Good night. to follow us online on Twitter, twitter.com slash liftyunleashed. Subscribe to this podcast and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Unleashed.